brought a little friend up here. I want to personally extend a happy Mother's Day to all of you, all of you mothers, and as Debbie and Brittany said, to you that uh, have motherly roles in people's lives and relationship. My mom, um, if you wonder where I get my quirkiness, it's from my mom, so you know, okay? And one of her quirky things, she collected frogs, right? And so um, my mom is no longer with us. So just today, as I think about all of you, all of you online, you mothers, um, I think about my mom today. So I brought up a little token that I'm going to keep right back here. Uh, just uh, my mom's with me. She believed in me and thought I was way better than I really was. And so, and I'm sure that's true of all you moms out there. We love you. Uh, today, we're going to continue our series called Not Alone. Not Alone. We are set up for success. So if you want a, a scripture to turn to, because we'll be in different places, turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And it says this, that with his divine power, he granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through him who has called us to his glory and his excellence. What it's saying is God has given us everything we need to have success in this life and to grow into the likeness of Jesus. We are not alone here. Be encouraged. In this series, we started uh, with looking at the Trinity, how the Trinity is with us, that God the Father, he has a purpose and a plan for us. We looked at Jesus. When sin entered in, Jesus came and remedied sin and put us back on track for his plan. In fact, he walked this earth and he modeled how to walk this earth for us. And the Holy Spirit comes in and convicts and empowers us to walk out the plans God has for us. And then last week, we entered in into this, this mystery that we rarely talk about, and that is angels. And I thought Pat did a great job with a difficult topic. These ministering spirits that God sends so that we're not alone, so that we could be encouraged, supported, and defended. Angels, it was awesome. So as I was getting ready for this week's topic, I remembered a time I was at a cell phone store, and I was in line, and in front of me was a mother and a preteen daughter. And I could tell by what I was hearing that this daughter was getting her first cell phone, okay? And as I listened to them, it was apparent that they had different purposes for the cell phone, right? What do you think the mom's was? Guidance, right? Protection, right? Uh, she needed a communication, conversation connection with this daughter to, to, to guide her. What do you think the daughter's purpose was? <laughs> it was all about friends. So she wanted to connect with friends. She wanted to grow socially. Now, both of them really came to the same conclusions, that you needed communication or a conversation to have success. The same is true of God. We are not alone. He has created a conversation for us so that we could have success. And that conversation 
is prayer. Now, prayer uh, is a very complex topic. We're just going to scratch the surface uh, to encourage you. But also, prayer is so simple, a child can do it. It absolutely is a beautiful gift we have of conversation with God. So let us start with prayer. Will you bow with me? Father God, we love you. You're good. You're faithful. And as we step in to this topic of prayer, would you teach us? Teach us about prayer. Teach us what we need to know so that we may become more faithful in utilizing this gift that you've given us of prayer. And we would be people that pray. And we do pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at two questions today. Why should we pray? And then later we'll look at how we should pray. So first, why should we pray? Now we look in Scripture and we see that prayer is a command. God commands us to pray. He says in 1 Timothy 2.8, I want men everywhere to pray. Luke 18.1, Jesus says to his disciples, you ought to always pray. Philippians 4, in all circumstances, at all times, pray. Now this command to pray, we see lived out all through the scriptures. You can't get through a page or two without seeing a conversation between God and his people. Cover to cover. But this command to pray is not a harsh command. I equate it to this. It's like when your parents said, or you as a parent say, eat your vegetables, right? Now, is the goal to make sure you have a miserable meal? Is that the purpose? The younger you would say yes, because it sure felt like that, right? But what's the purpose? It's so that they can grow and be strong and healthy and have everything life offers. Eat your vegetables is actually a command of love, and so is prayer. It's not a harsh command. So why? What can we learn about the command to pray? God commands us to pray so that we can create connections with him. One of the commands in the scriptures for prayer is in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and it's short, but boy, is it powerful. It says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying for that moment before a meal, right? We're called to do that. That's good. Or having a, a, a time in the morning where you set aside and you focus and you, you pray or in the evening or whenever. That is good. We're called to do that. But we're called higher to pray without ceasing. And what he's saying there is, I want you to always have a connection with me. I want you to always be aware of my presence. Every thought you have, every breath you take, I want you to be aware of me. I want you to be in a conversation with me. You're not alone. You have access to me. We also see that prayer is a command to create spiritual growth for us, to create spiritual growth. 
Psalm 145, verse 18, it says, when we pray, God is near to us. When we pray, God is near to us. And in any relationship, when you communicate, when you talk, and the more you do it, and the deeper conversations you have, you come to know that person. Husbands and wives, what happens when you kind of stop talking? Your communication kind of drifts, right? You know what I'm at, right? You stop kind of knowing. You know, you know of them, but you don't know them deeply. You and your best friend, what if you never talked? And some of us have that, where your best friend moved away, and all of a sudden, you don't talk very much, and years later, you connect. You still love them, but you don't know what to talk about with somebody that, you know, you could talk to all day, every day. And all of a sudden, because you're not close, you don't know them as well. Same is true. When we pray, God is near us, and we come to know him, and then we can learn what his will is, what his plan is, and we can pray in that because we know him. We know him personally and deeply. And when we know him personally and deeply, we begin to hear him. Second Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle Paul is talking about, he's got this situation that he calls thorns in the flesh. Not actual thorns, but there's something's going on in his flesh. People are having a hard time looking at him. I, I take it it's painful. He does not want them. They are a problem for him. And he wants them gone. And he says, I pray, uh, verse 9, three times for these thorns to go away. And I love what he says in, in, in verse 9 there. Paul's talking about, he's praying, God's close. He says, then he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made complete in your weakness. And I love this, Okay. If you have a Bible that's a red-letter Bible, meaning the words of Jesus are in red letters, you look at verse 9, it's in red letters. God spoke to him. He was so close to God that when he prayed, God spoke to him and guided him. And God speaks to us in prayer. Prayer is not just talking. It's also listening, taking in what God's saying. Sometimes the Scripture says he speaks to us. Sometimes he, he moves our heart. Sometimes he guides us to a Scripture God speaks to us. And when he does, we grow because Paul goes on in verse 10 there. And he says, he takes this in, this message from God. And he says, okay, I'm going to rest in the power of God. Because I prayed, I didn't want this. God spoke to me. And he spiritually grew. God commands us to pray to create spiritual growth in us. He commands us to pray to create security in us as well. The psalmist David. Uh, and, uh, the psalms is just loaded with prayers from David. And in there, David, you see, is reminded in his prayers about the protection that he has from God. He calls him, you are my protector. You are my refuge. You are my strong tower. You are my safe harbor. He's reminded that God is with him. God has his back. He is not alone. God's got him. And those are hard prayers sometimes, right? Because we get the gift and beauty of walking and serving 
an invisible God, but a God that's alive. And in our prayers, we are reminded that he is protecting us. We get security from that. But we also, when we pray, Psalms 4, or excuse me, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It says when we pray, we actually get the peace of God. He gives us security because we get his peace when we pray. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But we have to be honest. This life is hard. This life is confusing. I know as I'm saying this, there's people here online that life is hard, difficult right now. It's scary, right? It's scary. What do we do? What's the outcome of this going to be? I don't know. This hurts. But we were given this gift. We're not alone. He says, pray to me. Bring it to me. And the peace of God will be with you. What it does, it settles our heart because what happens, it's God's peace. So our eyes begin to lift up to say there is a greater work happening than just this temporary hardship, brokenness. Scripture says this is not our home. We get the privilege and beauty of interacting in this earth, and that's wonderful. It's a gift and beautiful, and I love life here. But as we gather together, we attest there's a greater life to come, and that's an eternity in heaven. And when we pray, we are reminded that this does not own us. This cannot touch us. This cannot hurt us ultimately. God's got us. God's got us. And we have peace. We have that security. That is why he commands us to pray. Also, why should we pray? It's this. Because it's a privilege, right? Have you ever sat and It's a privilege. And I said this kind of cheeky at this point. But we are given access to the ultimate Google. Absolutely, think about it. What do you go to for all your questions? And I could go on a soapbox of what I think about Google and the answers it gives, but I won't right now. I'm fighting myself, okay? Um, but we have access to the ultimate Google. Psalm 148, verse 5. It says, great are you, Lord. Abundant in power, it says. And your understanding is beyond measure. Wow. And we get to go to him. We get to talk to him. We can have a conversation with him, a personal conversation. He who holds the whole world in his hands, we get to talk to. He who holds your future in his hands, we get to talk to. He who can heal, restore, make things clear, we can talk to. It is a privilege to pray. We are not alone. He is with us. It's also a privilege because we are given the power to change things. This is a hard one. We are given the power to change things in prayer. James 5, verse 16, it says, and I've 
I read too many different translations of the Bible, so this will be some version about four translations, right? Um, is this, is that the, the prayer of a righteous person availeth much, is powerful in its workings, it says. It changes things. Your prayers changes things. And zooming in on that is in James 4. It says, you have not because you ask not. Sit with that for just a second. You have not because you ask not. Meaning this, and there's no qualifier. That is this truth right there. If you ask, you would have. You have not asked, so you do not have. So there is something powerful about your prayers. Now, this creates a tension. It creates a tension. God, are you at my beck and call? My whims, my desires, how I want things to work out? Is that kind of how this works? I don't know about you. I need a bigger God than Scott Harris. A much bigger God. And so, but he, he says, I've got this power. But over, he is sovereign all through scripture. He orchestrates everything. He's over all things. And in that truth, I tell you, is a truth, as I was thinking this week, is I had to grow. I can tell when God's doing a good work in a message. And I'm not saying this message is good, but because I was convicted this week. And my prayer life changed this week because of this point. Because guess what? I believe in a sovereign God. And so my prayers started becoming kind of routine, I've noticed, because God's got it. Oh, yeah, I got to pray out of duty and discipline versus out of privilege. Like my prayers mattered. They matter. And I was reminded of this. Now, I'm going to try to attempt to explain something just to give a little clarity but it's really hard to explain. So at the end of the day, know this. Put it in your notes. Scott doesn't know, okay? Yeah, just put that right there. And here he goes, though. The best I can do to explain, how does this work? God's sovereignty, our prayers being powerful, power to change things, is this. That I believe in God's sovereign governance rule. I, how big, I don't know. But he uses our prayers as a means of his sovereign rule. Another illustration hopefully makes it a little clearer. Salvation. God doesn't need us in the act of salvation, right? He is proud. He does the saving. God and God alone. But there's something. He uses our faith as a means in that salvation. We are invited in to come by to him by faith for our salvation. So prayer is a means of how God sovereignly rules. So we, we have to pray like it matters. Pray like it matters that the God of the universe hears you and there's some movement in all of creation because of your faithful Prayers. Prayer changes things. So, whew, it's big, right? <laughs> then we want to know the second question. Then how do we pray? If it's that powerful, come on, tell me how to do this thing. 
Going over to Matthew 6. Jesus is asked by his disciples, we showed us how to pray because, you know, when we were with John and we were his disciples, uh, we all, we prayed. So how do you want us to pray? Because, you know, you're Jesus and we're going to follow you. And Jesus teaches them to pray. And it really starts with this point. How do we pray? Be real. Be real. In verse 5, chapter 6 of Matthew, he gives an example of what not to do. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. And the hypocrites he's talking about are the Jewish people. For their prayer life, typically what it looked like is they, uh, at certain times of the day, would pray. So whenever that time came, they would pray, face Jerusalem and pray, right? And so what he's talking about here and call them hypocrites is there are some people apparently that would try to schedule things out. So do, 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 here comes three o'clock, come in prayer time. Whoa, I'm right in this court. Look at me. Time to pray. I'm a righteous man. Look at me. I pray. I am faithful. Jesus says, don't be like them. Showboating all about you. Look at you. Kind of posing. He says, no, be real. Be real. Gives another example. The Gentiles, the non-Jews. And what they would do in their worship, uh, they had certain phrases and words that they believed had power. And they would repeat them over and over and over. And he says, don't be like them, babbling about this. The power is not in these words. How many of you heard someone pray and say, whoo, that was a good line? Right? It's true. And even us, I mean, I've been a Christian a long time. Conviction time coming. How many times have you gave a speech to somebody or a group of people versus pray to a loving, holy God? Right? He says, don't do that. Be real. Verse 6, he says, here's what you do. You go into your closet, your inner room in your house, you shut the door, and you get along with God. And you pray. You be you. You pray from the heart. Be honest. Be real. Be personal. God, this is where I'm at. I am doubting you right now. I don't want this. I can't do this. Like David in Psalms, I'm angry at you right now because of the road you set out to me, for me. Be you. And he gives us an example of what that looks like, this heartfelt prayer. And it's the Lord's Prayer. Right? Beautiful prayer. But this prayer was never intended to be recited over and over and over again. If you're like me when I, Lord gave me this point this week, I got a little convicted because I've done that, right? I, I was actually had it in my note. We were going to quote it together, but I can't now because of my point, okay? Um, it's this. is a, What that prayer is, is not a prescription, but a contrast. It says this is what prayer should be. This is the heart of prayer. God, it's about you. It's your will. I want you, God. Your will done right here. Forgive me. Give me your bread. It's this heartfelt, deep 
prayer of conviction, searching, seeking. Now, I believe this. There's nothing wrong with reciting it. It's a beautiful prayer. If you remember why you're doing it, it is not a religious exercise of, look at me, I know the Lord's prayer. Do you know the heart of the call to prayer? Then you quote it like crazy, right? And you be you in prayer. Kind of funny. I remember my first public prayer. Young believer show up at this meeting, and I'm there, and they're all talking. I'm in the back. I'm literally standing in the back because I was like, this Christian stuff's weird, right? So I'm watching it. And this old dude says, okay, let's close in prayer. And he goes, points at me in the back of the room, trying to hide. Scott, will you close in prayer? I, I said this, I don't know how to pray. He says, great, let's pray. Everybody bows their head. I'm standing up. The only one standing up because I'm kind of hiding. I'm thinking, uh, and I only remember this part. I was talking to Sandy about it. She was there. She says, I remember you started the prayer by saying, dear God, like I was writing a letter or something, right? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. It's how you formally talk to somebody. And I believe this. I wish I had that recorded because that may have been my most significant power, truest prayer, because I was just talking to him from Scott Harris, right where is that? I didn't have the lingo down yet. Sometimes I make myself sick with having the lingo down. Be you. Be you. Talk to your God. He loves you. You are not alone. He's given you a communication line, a conversation to have. But I want us to be informed okay, a little bit because if you are not a prayer or you've been praying a lot and you're just picking up phrases you've heard, um, there's some things you're going to hear and there's a reason you hear it. Like you will hear people open their prayer up to Father, Heavenly Father, God the Father, the Father. Jesus did it here in Matthew 6. It's the first time Jesus makes reference to the Father as he's starting to talk about prayer. Because the Father is the orchestrator, the conductor of God's plan. He's our provider. He's our protector. He is uh, uh, Abba, Father, Daddy. And so we call out to him because he's going to oversee us and guide us. So that's why you'll hear in the name of the Father as we start out. Second thing, the Holy Spirit's involved in our prayers. The Holy Spirit uh, convicts us. The Holy Spirit reminds us in the book of Romans we see of who we are, our identity, that we're in Christ. It tells us this is who you are. This is you. Are you are righteous because of Christ. You are righteous. It reminds us. In fact, in Romans 8, 26, it says, when we don't even know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes and prays for us. So the Holy Spirit is active in our prayers. And then Jesus, Jesus. Hebrews 10. Jesus makes a way so that we can go into God's presence. He goes to the cross. He sheds his blood forgives us of our sin, makes us righteous so we can be in the throne room with the Father, with God, and we can have a personal conversation with him. He makes a way for us. In fact, Jesus sets an example. You look through the Gospels, and you see Jesus was a man of prayer, setting an example for us of how to pray. And our prayers are sweet to Jesus. He loves them. Last week, Pastor Pat um, took us to Revelation chapter 5. 
as he was talking about the many, many angels. And there John got a, a, a peek into heaven. And he saw all those angels that Pat talked about last week. But also in that scene was Jesus. He was there. And you know what surrounded him? These golden bowls of incense that are our prayers. And these incense is what they'd burn to have the temple to smell good and be this sweet place. So we see Jesus is surrounded with the sweet aroma of our prayers. He loves it when we pray. So we are not alone. We're not alone in our prayers. God is with us. He is setting us up for success. Now, any of those tags, you don't have to say those in your prayer. You might, because you understand this, pray in the Father's name, or uh, pray to the Father. You close in Jesus's name because of all he's done for us, and let the Spirit work in you. Wonderful if you do that, but you don't have to. Just talk to God. Just talk to God, because you're not alone. But we have all that power working is that communication. How should that impact our prayers? Be bold. Be bold. Jeremiah 33.3. Jeremiah, uh, the prophet, is there. And the world around him, it just, Israel's just not going well. God speaks to him. He says this. Call to me. Pray to me, and I will show you great and mighty things that are unspeakable or that you do not know. Meaning this is, I will blow your mind if you come to me in prayer. I'll knock your socks off. I am God. I'm doing a great work. In fact, that's what he did. Jeremiah just thought all was lost with Israel. And God showed him a picture of what he was going to do. Jeremiah's like, what? That seems impossible. Oh, yeah, it's, it is impossible for man, but it's possible for God. And he goes in there, and he goes, and that's where he gives the sneak peek to Jesus to him. This is where this is going. You call to me, and I'm going to show you amazing things, mighty things. But what it takes to get there is faith. Mark chapter 24 says, when we pray, we need to pray in faith. Believe in. And that starts in our hearts first. It starts for us praying in faith that we have faith that God can do a great work in us, that He can do a, a miracle in, in our lives. He can uh, renew our hearts, He can change our attitudes. He wants to pour faith into you, He wants you to receive it and pour it out. So, in order to pray bold prayers, you have to be full of faith and believe that he can do something amazing in your life and change you. And then pray prayers, bold prayers of faith that God can change the world, that there is nothing in this world that he cannot change and our prayers matter and we can step in and we can pray bold prayers, prayers that are God-sized, I hate to admit it, but as I surveyed some of my prayers over the X number of months, I thought, man, I'm a wimp. My prayers are wimpy. You know, they matter to me, but man, am I praying for revival in America. The end to this virus, restoration, this place filled with people 
hungry for Jesus Christ. These are the things he wants us to pray for. God-sized prayers, full of faith, bold prayers. What are your prayers like? Are they routine? Are they simple? If God did everything you asked, would anyone even know that there was a God? A powerful God that can change the world. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And how should you respond to this? Pretty simple. Pray. To pray. To pray bold prayers. Bold prayers. And we see it through Scripture. In Psalm 139, David prays a bold prayer. Search me and know me, he prays. If there's anything in me not pleasing to you, cleanse me, lead me in the way everlasting, lead me to you. We need to pray that God would search us. If there's anything in the way in our relationship with God, whether it's simply we just have gotten kind of tired in our faith, it's got routine, or maybe it's a sin, maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's a broken relationship, but that God would search you, and if there's anything keeping you from having the full access, everything that God has for you, to have the full experience, call out to him boldly and say, search me, search my heart. Next bold prayer I want to encourage us is to show me. Show me, God. I love this. It says in Psalm, let me see where this is at, my mind, 5-3. 5-3, it says this. It's David talking, and he says, when I pray in the morning, I wait expectantly for you. It says in some translations, I, I said, and I wait for you. Meaning he fully expects that God will show up and do something that will blow his mind. Where do you need God to blow your mind? Where do you need God to show you? And are you praying those bold prayers? And this last one, I don't know if it's the most difficult or not. It felt the most difficult to me. And it comes out of Isaiah 6, 8. As he's before God, and he sees what God's going to do, Isaiah says this, Here I am, Lord. Send me. So as I pray bold prayers, I pray for broken relationships. Here I am, send me into that. Don't just fix it from afar. Here I am. I will go in. I'll take the hit. I'll show the love of Christ and the grace and the forgiveness. Someone's struggling with an addiction. Help them, Lord, help them. Are you willing to say, okay, God, I'll be an element of how you answer that prayer. Here I am, Lord, send me. Brokenness. That hard-hearted relative, co-worker, neighbor who hates religion, hates church, hates Jesus. And you pray for them. Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me to go in to that lion's den 
and proclaim the beautiful, powerful gospel of Jesus Christ because he can melt the hearts of stone. Only he can, and I believe it, and I'm willing to go. Send me. So we're going to take a moment to pray, pray bold prayers. I want to invite you to stand up with me. And Josh and the team are going to lead us. We have been given a privilege. We've been given a power. We've been given a command. Let's step into it, church. Let's watch what God can do when North Shore Christian Church boldly prays for God to do the things that only God can do. Let's pray together.